Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this special Jump Into a Bible Story episode, I will share with you one of the most incredible experiences I have ever had in the Spirit. We will go back in time together and experience what the shepherds did on the night of Jesus' birth. For the Bible story on the birth of Jesus, see Luke 2, 1 through 20. The backstory of this encounter is that I was taking an advanced writing class for my doctorate, and the assignment was to jump into a Bible story from two perspectives and then write about it as a story. One was a personal perspective, yourself as an observer of the story, and the second was to experience it as one of the characters in the story to see it from their perspective. It was a few days before Christmas, and I was seeking the Lord about which Bible story he wanted me to learn about. I wanted a deeper sense of the true meaning of Christmas, so it made sense that the Lord wanted to show me what the shepherds saw on the night that Jesus was born. What an obvious Bible story to jump into to properly posture my heart for the celebration of the birth of Christ. These experiences blessed me so much that every year I share it with others and re-experience it myself to ground me in the true meaning of Christmas in this materialistic culture. Experiencing these two opportunities to see what the shepherds saw and experience it on the night of Jesus' birth has forever changed my heart posture for Christmas. Every time I hear a Christmas song about the shepherds and baby Jesus, I remember these encounters, and I hope the same will be true for you after you experience them today. I'm going to share the stories one at a time, slowly, so you'll have time to see it for yourself and allow the Lord to show you unique and special things as I speak what I saw as well. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. Our first encounter today is from your perspective. I met Jesus in my special place. I was so excited for what he was planning to show me. Suddenly, my guardian angel Maureen and I were standing next to five shepherd boys who were sleeping around a fire. Lit only by the stars and the moon, I could see their young, dirty faces wrapped tightly in sheepskin woolly mantles, fighting to stay warm in the cool of the night. They're kids, I whispered to Maureen, as if I could wake them by my speaking. They looked like they were only 11 or 16 years old at most. She nodded and smiled. I felt like Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. I was there, but not really there. 
watching the story unfold. There were hundreds of sheep, some bleeding and some quietly sleeping, all packed together in a large group, probably to keep them warm. Another shepherd was leaning against a tree, keeping watch, looking up the sky, when suddenly a bright angel appeared in the sky and started to fly, moving toward him. The watchman ran quickly over to the others who were waking from the bright light of the angel. Some were trembling, others were crying, as this angel spoke to them in their own language. I didn't understand what was being said, but I had a good idea, having read the story in Luke and the scripture many times about the night of Jesus' birth and this encounter with the shepherds. Suddenly, the sky was full of an immeasurable number of bright angels. The light of them lit up the pasture like daylight. As they sang praises to the Lord, it sounded like an ocean wave, rhythmic and beautiful, hypnotically moving. I could have listened to this sound forever. Then abruptly, like a vortex, the singing angels were swept away, and only the original angel and a few others remained. The angel gave the boys instruction and guided them along a road, while the other angels stayed and minded the sheep. Maureen and I watched as the group walked through the moonlit streets of Bethlehem, guided by the angel. Were you one of those singing angels? I asked Maureen. No, each of us have different jobs, and singing is not mine, she giggled. But I'm happy to be here to see it with you. I smiled gratefully. The vision popped like a soap bubble, and the next thing I knew, Maureen and I were inside the stable. The first thing I noticed was the smell. It was an overpowering combination of animal waste, sweat, and blood. I covered my nose and squinted my eyes to get used to the new vision. It was a much larger building than I had pictured in my reference images of the scene. Mary, the new young mother, was sitting on a pile of hay, leaning against a support beam, nursing the baby Jesus. She looks like a middle school kid, I said to Maureen. Yes, about 14 and a half years old, Maureen clarified. Mary's hair was stuck to her forehead and her face was flushed and glistening with sweat and dirt. She was wearing layers of really filthy garments. Her teenage face looked weary yet grateful and she was smiling at her still messy newborn baby. Joseph, the teenage father, was looking at them with a combination of wonder and anxiety. Joseph was a nice-looking young man with dark olive skin, a short beard, kind eyes, and a gracious manner. 
I couldn't help but wonder if he was a bit overwhelmed to be chosen as the earthly father of the Messiah. Mary caught his glance and his expression quickly shifted to a loving smile. He must be terrified of this kind of responsibility, I whispered to Maureen. No doubt, she said, but the father chose him and fully equipped him for this job. He will be a great earthly father, Maureen whispered back. The baby Jesus had a lot of black hair, olive skin, and the squinty puffiness of birth. He was tightly wrapped in gauze-like cloth strips, so the only part of his body that was visible was his tiny, content face. The place was much larger than I pictured. There were three camels, several goats, and sheep tied to large metal rings on the walls of a stone room. I wanted to get a closer look at the baby, and even though I knew they couldn't see me and I wasn't actually intruding on anything, it felt strange to be present for such a private moment. They were so young, and the baby was so important. I wondered if they could grasp the magnitude and significance of this child they were now responsible for raising. A knock at the door opened, startling the couple, and Mary quickly laid the baby Jesus on the scratchy hay of the manger. The baby's bed was a large X-shaped wood and stone animal feeding trough that stretched against the entire wall of the stone room like a channel. The new family was nearing the front door opening when Joseph inquired what the shepherds were doing there. The leader of the shepherds answered Joseph's questions and seemed very insistent that they were supposed to be there. Joseph glanced over at Mary with considerate eyes, explaining to her that the angels had told these young men to come and see the newborn king. Joseph gave Mary a look that seemed to be asking her permission to let them come in. And they both looked at each other and shrugged in silent agreement. And Joseph stepped aside and allowed them in. Mary blushed and looked away, trepidatious and embarrassed at the encounter, but allowed the men in the room. With a full belly, the Son of God slept unbothered by the visitors or the discomfort of the smelly surroundings or scratchy bed. The shepherd boy stood at a distance, bowing and kneeling reverently to the new family. The leader of the group walked up to the manger and asked Joseph permission to approach the baby. As he bent down to get a closer look and touch the cheek of the new Messiah, a tear streamed down his cheek as he whispered something into the ear of the baby. He wiped his tear quickly and stepped back with the others. This sight touched me greatly and I found myself wiping a tear away as well. Mary's face grimaced in the pain as she smiled graciously at the eldest shepherd. He took the cue that they had overstayed their welcome, and they said a prayer of thanksgiving and left the new family alone. On the way back to the sheepfold, young men talked about what they had seen and heard. 
Now I want you to take a few minutes and talk to the Lord about what you saw. Record any special pictures and images that you got from the Lord from this experience. And take a few minutes to ask him more about what he wants you to learn from it and take all the time you need, record it all in your journal. Before we jump into the second encounter experience, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com slash shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. Our second experience today is from the perspective of one of the shepherds. On a hillside just outside of Bethlehem, Ezra was leaning against a tree, daydreaming in the moonlight as the sheep bleated quietly in the chill of the night. He was 16, the oldest of the shepherds, and was taking his shift to watch 343 sheep, while his 12-year-old brother Simon and four others were taking their turns sleeping by the fire. It was an especially bright night as there was a star that seemed larger and brighter than the others. Ezra was looking at the star curiously when a flash of moving light caught his eye. The light stopped right in front of him. It was a winged and glowing angel hovering about 15 feet above the ground. Terrified, he ran to wake the others, hoping not to upset the flock in the process. The flying angel followed him to the group who were waking up from the light and the commotion. They were paralyzed with fear when the angel told them not to be afraid. He shared that the Messiah, who had been promised in the Holy Scriptures, had just been born in Bethlehem. He would provide a way for all who believed in him to be saved. It was a great time of joy for the entire world. Ezra asked a few questions, trying to understand what was happening, so he could help the younger boys understand it as well. When suddenly, there was a blinding light and the sky was full of angels glowing and singing praises to the Lord. Ezra had never heard or seen anything so beautiful in all his life. Simon clung to his brother's mantle, trembling and trying to take it all in. The praises from the angels were like rhythmic waves, and Ezra found himself swaying unconsciously to the lovely music of it. All of the shepherd boys were captivated and overwhelmed by the scene, falling to their knees in humble praise. Swiftly, like a tornado, the angels were sucked back up to heaven. 
Not all were whisked away, though. There were a few who promised to watch over the sheep so Ezra and the other boys could go find the Messiah. They were told that they would find him lying in a manger in a stable. The angels showed them the way as they walked through the sleepy town of Bethlehem. It had been chaos in the last few days because the people in the line of David had come to this town for the census. But at this hour, the overcrowded town was asleep and had no awareness of their travels or the significance of this baby's birth. They arrived at the stable for which the angel had directed them, and Ezra timidly approached the door entryway. He stayed outside the stable, but called in to speak to the young father. I'm so sorry to intrude at this late hour, Ezra said timidly, and I hope you don't think we're crazy, but we had this angel come to us and tell us the Messiah was born here tonight. I'm so sorry. I don't know why he wanted us to come see this baby. Ezra looked away so embarrassed and then looked back at Joseph with pleading eyes. But we genuinely want to see this promised Messiah, and the new father leaned in and whispered to Ezra, I know about visitations from angels. I believe you. Just let me see if it's okay with my wife. She just had a baby, you know. He looked back at the new mother's curious face and explained that the angel had just told these shepherds that the baby was the Messiah and that they were instructed to come and see him. They exchanged a look and a shrug that seemed to say, as God wishes, and then let the men in the room. Ezra and the other shepherds walked slowly into the stable, careful to keep their distance. They knelt in reverence and for a long time just stared at the baby. He looks so ordinary, Ezra thought. He's just a regular-looking baby. He didn't know why he thought the baby would look different, but he knew that the baby was different. Bashfully, he approached the manger and knelt down. He looked up at the parents with a may-I look on his face, asking if he could touch the baby. They nodded that it was okay, and he reached his calloused hand up to the sleeping baby's cheek and gave him a gentle brush with his forefinger. Ezra leaned in as if the baby could understand his words and said, I'm going to be watching for you as I grow up. I'm going to follow you. and Tell everyone I know about this night. May God's will come true through you, exactly as he promised. Ezra looked up and saw the baby's mother smiling, and he could see the pain on her face from the recent delivery. It was time for them to leave and give them back their privacy. Ezra rose and thanked the couple for allowing the unusual intrusion and led the shepherds out of the stable into the night. Now take your time. Record the vision that you saw as I spoke and ask Jesus any questions that you have about it so that you may have a deeper understanding of what he wanted to show you through these experiences. When these visions were over, 
I thanked the Lord for everything he had shown me, and I had a new appreciation for the humility of the birth and surroundings and the magnificence of the angels. I asked the Lord, whatever happened to these shepherds? And he said, all of the shepherds began to share the story of their experience with the angels and the baby, but only two of them looked and watched for the Messiah. Many years later, these two faithful men heard of me. They looked for me and sought me out and heard my teaching. They both accepted me as their savior, and they were faithful to share the stories of their experiences with their families and friends. And as a result, they were influential in helping many others come to know me as well. They lived fruit-filled lives and enjoy the blessings with me in heaven today. Not all of the shepherds believed, though. It was so much for them to take in, and over time, they began to think of the experience as more of a dream than reality. This is like the parable of the soils. Some will have hearts that are ripe and ready to receive the truth, and others will not. The fruit of the two shepherds is still growing today. They sought out the truth, believed it, and shared it with others. And this is all that I ask. Well, I hope your heart, like mine, has been forever changed by this new perspective of the beauty and the humility of the birth of Christ. And if you were blessed by this episode, please share it with others. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.